0: Welcome to today's study with Pastor Rick. Reaching thousands around the world by radio and online, Pastor Rick provides answers to the challenges of everyday living. Hi, this is Pastor Ricky Temple. I can't wait to share a message with you today. I call it, What Jesus Dreamed for Your Life. It's a message about salvation. One word, the entire message, will help you see God's plan for your life As manifested through the ministry of Jesus, you don't want to miss this. You know, during Christmas time, it's always great to talk about the baby Jesus, but he came with a specific purpose to change your life. So join me as I share with you this message. It's life-changing. It will help lift your soul to a new place. Enjoy Jesus' plan for your life. Say, Lord, today, I come to you. I ask you to broaden my mind. Help me imagine. Something new. Help me imagine something dynamic, something powerful that only you can do. I want you to show me your power in a new way, far beyond anything I could dream. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21 shows you God's dream for us, not our dream for ourselves. This brief talk today is not about your dreams. I'll, I'll come to that. But I want to uh, talk today about Jesus' dream for you. Your dream's important, but here's what Matthew one twenty one says about Jesus and his thoughts regarding you. She will bring forth a son, referring to Mary, and you shall call his name Jesus, And here's what the dream is. When he comes, he will save his people from their sins. Now, I want you to notice what's not said in this text. He didn't say he was going to get you to be a part of a church. He didn't say he was going to get you to be a part of a religion. He didn't say he was going to make you Baptist or Methodist or Catholic or Presbyterian. That was not what he promised. It's way bigger than that. We reduce it to that, but it's way bigger than that. And sometimes people really get confused, and they think this is all about getting you to sign on to some church and be a member someplace. And life is bigger than that. I really think one of the problems with pastoring a church and leading people is the world becomes, your world becomes the world. And as you travel and as you interact with people and as you cross cultural lines, as you cross boundaries, you start learning that your view is not the only view. Being an African American is is an experience. It's not the world's experience. It's an experience. And it's a very real one. But so is being a Russian. So is being a Jew. So is being an an Iranian, so as being a person in Afghanistan. There are people who have life experiences that to them matter, and yours doesn't because that's their experience. But if you're not careful, you will define everything by the civil rights movement, and it's not all defined that way. It is a movement. It is real. It has value. But it's not all that issue. That's not all there is. It's not all about overcoming by faith. It's not all about Pastor Ray. It's just not. See, I want you to notice that that sometimes if you can't back up off of it and think for a minute, that your dream, your view, your way is not the only way. And Jesus had a dream for you. And the first thing stated was he's going to save you from something. The word sozo in the Greek, the word means to deliver. It means to keep safe, preserve, protect. And he's going to protect you from your sins. Important point. What you will do to yourself. Think about this for a second. I'm coming to save you from you. (laughs) Your bad habits, your choices, the things that will hurt you. It's kind of like what a parent does to a child. Child comes home and says, I don't want to go to school anymore. Now, here's what what the parent hears when they hear that. I'm going to live with you for the rest of my life because I'm not going to have a job and money, so I'm going to stay here. So the parents said, no, no, you're going to school, you're going to school, because you're not living here. So there's, there's this point of saving you from you. If you can go back in your life, I'm wondering, what would you save yourself from? Just fly back in time like Superwoman, Superman, and, and, and ask yourself, what would you do? When that boy asks you for your number, you knock the pen down. Don't you give him your number. Don't you not give him your number. No, 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 just trust me. Liar, liar, pants on fire. That's what he is, liar, liar, pants on fire. You don't, don't, no, don't talk to that girl. She fine, but she crazy. She looping, man, I'm telling you. You'd save, what would you save yourself from? So I think we misread this whole idea of being saved. This is Jesus saying, I, my whole mission, my dream is to save you from you. Your sins, the things you do that hurt you, that's what a sin is. It's stuff that hurts you. A sin is jumping off the building. You get that? Why is that a sin? It hurts you. You got that, right? A sin is not stepping in front of a car, stepping in front of a car because Why? Hurts you, right? It's a sin to not buckle your seatbelt driving in a fast mobile. That When it stops, suddenly you keep going, pow, into the windshield. It's a sin not to buckle up because it could harm, kill you, wound you, permanently limit your ability to be mobile forever. Put you on a ventilator someplace. You need to buckle up and stop my angels. Your angels are going to visit you to the hospital. (laughs) Buckle your seatbelt. See, you... Being saved from you, what you eat, what you eat It's all about saving you from you. If you can think about that for a minute and say, that's what God's doing in my life. Now, John 10 and 10, which is what I call our second text, kind of takes it a step further. and, And he explains how this works. Jesus in John 10, 10 opens up an interesting conversation. He says, the thief does not come except to steal. Now, the Bible describes in Scripture a literal devil, a literal uh, evil force. And we got so many names for it now, but the Scripture calls him the devil, the thief, the robber, Satan, Lucifer, a lot of names in the Bible for this uh, fallen angel who just hates man and he is on this vendetta against us and has organized this very structured, they call it principalities and powers in Ephesians force that, that really works against you, if you think about it for a second, how could your family, I, I'm not, I understand the Big Bang Theory and all this stuff, but think about it for a second. How could your family be this messed up by accident? I mean, really, I mean, just think about it for a second. This, this is too organized. This is an organized effort when you look at it. You know, for a long time, you were way off base. Why? How did you get so far off? And why was it so hard to get back on track? And why is it hard to stay on track? This is not a big boom and it just kind of happened. There's there's an organized system. And so here's, here's what Jesus says. There is a thief, and the thief's goal is to, watch this. This is his dream, is to steal from you. I don't know if you ever had something stolen from you, but it's an emotional moment when you realize somebody stole something from you. Steal, kill, and destroy. That's the goal. It's all about wrecking everything. That's his dream. But I have come, here's my dream, that you may have something called life and that you may have that life more abundantly. It's all about me giving you something good. Now, here's my big question for the day. Do you feel abundantly alive and safe? The word saved means to keep safe. It means to preserve, to protect. if you think about it this way, God's dream, Jesus' dream when he came, was to make sure that you are safe, to make sure you have an abundant life. So do you feel that you are living an abundant life and that you're safe? If I were to ask you, do I? Do you personally feel that life is abundant for you? It's wonderful. Do you feel that you are safe? You're not in an insecure place. Now, If you say no, well, what is causing your life not to feel abundantly alive and safe? If you can can identify this is what causes me to not be really abundantly happy in this marriage, it's this. It's this one thing. It's this one thing about raising children that really gets to me. It's this one thing about my job. What's the one thing about your life that's stopping you from feeling abundantly alive and safe. Just think about that for a second. Now, I I wrote a list of seven things that have caused me to not feel abundantly alive and safe. These things sap my life from me. And I put something in the very top because it's, it's probably, in my opinion, one of the biggest culprits. It's called debt. You'd be surprised what you do because you owe people. Here's one. You go to work every day and here's number two you always show up for payday payday is a day everybody's present especially when you used to have to go to the place and get the check now it's it's, it's you know they deposited it in your account but back in the day there was a room you went to or a window and you had to be there between this hour and that hour and there was a line and you got in that line does anybody remember those days you got a paper check, right? So still, I don't know if you still get paper checks or not, but you get in the line and you wait. And, you, you know, you're there on time. They say 1 o'clock. You're there five minutes. This, you're early to this line. And you wait. And then you open your check. You don't wait till you get to the office. You, you check right then before you leave, you know, while they're still giving it to you. So hold on. Hold on. I'm short two hours. I'm short. I'm short two hours. Now, I worked, and I'm supposed to get time and a half for this one right here. And then you, you know, you on the phone, hey, listen, I'm short. I need to get my money. Can you can you reissue this check like today? That there's something about those moments when you realize the power of debt. Fear. Fear is another incredible um, robber of abundant living. You're scared of what? Scared of, scared of. Every week you're scared of something new. You know? <laughs> it's amazing how fear robs you. Thirdly, fatigue, always tired. Is anybody tired right now? Raise your hand if you're tired. Raise your hand. Come on, tired people, raise your hand. Yeah, okay. I'm going to finish in a minute, I promise, okay? You know, <laughs> you're tired. you know, my wife and I are up, you know, we just late putting up our tree this year, but we, we got that dude up, so it's a big tree. So we, but you know, we're up, I won't tell you what time, late. We got the tree conquered, praise God. But there's something about um, fatigue. When you're tired, burnout. And how it can rob you of feeling alive. Anger. When you're mad about stuff, (laughs) who are you mad with? Some of you mad with your ex-husband, your ex-wife, your girlfriend, your wife, your your husband. You just always, you live in a constant state of anger. Anger always calls you. dials your number. And says, (laughs) be mad today. Repeat it with me, please say, dad. Come on, fear, fear. Fatigue. Anger. it's a big one. Say loneliness. loneliness. Now, that's in my notes. I, I, that was already in there. Everybody say it again. Say loneliness. loneliness. Do you know? <laughs> let me keep reading. Say isolation, isolation. and shame. shame. Now, I'm going to talk about those last two, loneliness and isolation, in a minute. But let me say something about shame before I, I, wanna, I wanna make I want to do shame now. I believe the ultimate goal of, of the enemy is to shame you. He doesn't care who you are with, who you go hang out with and can I say sleep with or whatever. He doesn't care about all that. He cares about the aftermath. He cares about when you walk down the street, you say, oh, we can't go down there. We need to go this way. Why? I just can't can't go in that store because I don't like that store. It's Walmart. I don't like Walmart. I want to go to Kmart. Kmart don't have what we want. I don't want to go to Walmart. Now, you mad because she in there. He in there, and your shame is in there. Your shame, your shame will make you get off the aisle. Somebody come, your shame, to turn around, go the other way, go the other way, go the other way. Shame, shame, it's shame down there, shame. Shame, shame will make you, you know, the things that, just, and I think the ultimate goal of the enemy is to rob you of abundant life, where you have no shame, where you have no. I had a teacher one time. She was so it was so powerful. Her name is Dorothy Jean Furlong. Dorothy Jean Furlong is amazing. She's probably ninety years old now. I hope she's not watching. I may have her age wrong. I don't know how you are, age, but she's amazing. And she was one of our college professors, and she was uh, she's hilarious. Uh, she never got married. She was single, and we were in class one day, and she was teaching a class on church administration, and she. She um, started crying. It was really powerful. She just started crying, you know, and we all the students were like, okay, this is, she's falling apart. We didn't know what was going on. And she said, students, she was teaching on the importance of not living a life where you end up in shame. And she said, I have never done certain things. I have never in my life crossed certain lines, and I don't carry those shames that I see people carry all their life. And she cried. She, it was, and I'm, I was moved because I thought, what a joy it is to not be ashamed when someone mentions the word debt. Isn't it a great thing to not... That's the, the goal of the enemy is to rob you of life because everything, certain things, remind you of certain things. Shame. Thank, say, thank God for Jesus and forgiveness. Come on, say, thank God for Jesus and forgiveness. It's all about saving you. That's what he wants, save you from you. Now, I saved two things that I thought were fun because I want to make a statement, then I'm going to go back and loop through these and make a point. All these things in here, every single one of them, can be a good thing. It really can be. You might say, what do you mean? Well, because all of them can help you have an abundant life. Debt, in a way, if you do it right, can help you. If you're building a business, you're trying to build a future, debt can be a good thing. But, but understand, debt can be a good thing if you use it wisely. Most of us don't. Most of us have not, have not used it wisely. And it can hunt you down. Fear, you need to be afraid of some things. Fear, fear can be a, your friend. You know, I'm afraid to be a certain way. I think that fatigue, fatigue says stop. Fatigue is your warning light. The red light says you've gone far enough down this road, sleep now. Fatigue can be your friend. Anger can be a good friend. You need to be mad about some things. Some things that happen should, should, you should be irate about. I think, believe it or not, shame can be good too. Shame can be good because shame, shame. <laughs> when you're shamed one time, you don't want to be shamed again. But I'm saving these last two, loneliness and isolation, because I believe, in my opinion. Even though they can be bad, they can also be good. There are times in your life when God is trying to bless you and he can only bless you in isolation. The only way you're going to grow beyond where you are is that he isolates you and you don't have a man in your life for this season. Or you don't have, let me say, wait a minute, back up, Pastor, back up, back. That can be a gift. You need to feel lonely because you don't need friends right now. Some people, the reason they're hindered in life, the reason they don't have an abundant life is because of their friends. They have too many friends. They have too many people that interact in their life, call them, dialogue with them, and you keep these people in your life and God's trying to get to you, but he can't because your friends, every time he's trying to get by you, your friends in the way, he can't reach you. You Think about it. Here you are trying to graduate from school, you're going to college, you paid all this money, and why did you fail the test? Hanging out with your friends. You should have been alone. You would have done better. Why don't you have any money? Because your friends borrow your money twice a month. On the, fifth day, on the 30th, they always, they're on the 28th, 27th, they always call around that time. They call somewhere around the 20th and the 27th. Always, and, and they never pay you back. Your friends are the ones who won't pay, <laughs> who won't pay you back. Your friends, you, you you had the money, but there's there's you because you're always with all these people, you can never get God's full blessing in your life. And so God says, you know, the only way I'm going to change this is I isolate you. The only way that I can fix this is that I take you to a place where you don't know anybody, a new city, a new church where you don't know anybody. You don't have those same distractions. Now you can start fresh and new, and you can, you can find something. But if you're so focused on being lonely, you missed the point. The greatest lessons God teaches me is when I'm alone, by myself, just me and God, just us, working through things, thinking through things. But some of us are afraid of being alone. We're afraid of being isolated. We're afraid of those moments. But that is God's will for us. I am, I am so amazed at what God does for me when I'm by myself. And so are, are you complaining about that? Are you frustrated about that? Are you, are you, are you, are you stuck there? I, I was praying about this thought, and I was thinking to myself, man, I needed to hear that because I tend, if I'm not careful, at times to feel alone. And I tend to think that abundant living is being in the crowd. And abundant living is having a great friend. And for a long time, especially in my early teenage years, I was so trained by the music and trained by the culture and trained by the videos and trained by my friends that you got to find love. You got to find somebody. So I was hunting all the time. You know, you see little kids now, 12 years old, trying to find a woman, trying to find a man. Why do you need one at 12? So badly. What do you need? I've got to have a man. I need a man. <laughs> you need a what? You, 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 you have no capacity to ever just live your life. Just live your life. Just, just for a moment, step back and live your life. And it's not just, it's not just people who are single. It's some of you have had children and and now they're gone. You know, th- there's, a mo- there's a moment when all these kids, all four of them, will grow up one day and say, yay. <laughs> and only call you when they need something. And you know when the phone around, mm-hmm. Now you, I'm blessed to have kids who call me when it's not that way, but I'm telling you, th- there are seasons when it's like that. Kids have to learn, and you as a grown child should think about what I'm saying because you can be the same way. You don't check on your mother, you don't check on your father, you don't check on anybody until you need something. But I believe there are moments in life, even when you're at this stage of life, when your kids grow up and you're out and you're away from the house. One of our members, Leroy Bolden, said something to me once that was probably the most profound summation of this experience I've ever heard. I give Leroy credit for this. I said, because Leroy's kids grew up, you know, he has his great kids, and... um, Leroy's kids grew up and they all moved out. And I said, Leroy, what is it like to have your kids move out? He said, It's like taking a hose and sucking all the energy out of the house. I thought, Wow, because you know, it's, you know, here's what here's what gets you confused. When you put something in one place, it stays there. <laughs> it don't move. You just put it, you come back a week later, it's in the same spot. You. You know, nothing's messed up. It's the, you get, you know, you get, you just mess it up yourself because you just get confused. You can't, you know, things. you go in the refrigerator and there's food in there. My God, there's food there. I have food. I have food. And what really scares you, you look in your bank account and you still got money. Jesus. Some said, say, no, nah, no, nah, I ain't got no money. The money left with them too. No, the money, <laughs> the money still goes fast. But you know, when, you, when you're in that place, I watch this with people whose kids have moved up and grown, gone. you start getting confused because you don't know what to do with your life. You don't know what to do with your life. You don't know what to do it yourself. E- even when you lose a loved one, your mother passes on and you used to take care of your mom and now you don't have that time. You're now isolated. You feel lonely. When you used to take care of your, 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 your friend or, or whoever it was, you get your life back. And especially with your kids. And you can become an angry, older person. Because here's what you're saying. I'm lonely and you need to do something about it. Call me. When's the last time you called me? Why don't you call me if I'm your mother? And the least you could do is call me. Every day. I used to call my mother. And you know what you're you're saying? I sure ain't calling you when I hang up this phone. That's why I don't call. Call to get chewed out. What am I calling you for? I'm calling you what in the world? What am I calling you for? This is a happy conversation. And if you think about it, it's got nothing to do with the child. The problem is, they did something that you didn't expect. They gave you your life back. They gave you back something called time. And you don't know what to do with it. And it's not just, it was amazing, it's not just broke people who don't have, but when you got money sometimes and you, you, you can go where you want to go, you get confused, you don't know where to go. Where you want to go on vacation? I don't know. Where you want to go? What you want to do? I don't know. You want to go cruise? No, I don't want to go on a cruise. What do you want to do? I don't know. Let's go to Tybee. I don't been to Tybee. Let's go to Hilton Head. I've been to Hilton Head. Let's go downtown. I've been downtown. Let's get some ice cream. I got some yesterday. So you just spend your life fussing about that. I don't know. 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 I was talking to some people the other day, <laughs> and they were, they, were, they were telling me, you know, they were, they were having this big disagreement, and they were discussing about, this is these are some two of the greatest people, I'm so serious, I don't say this to put them down, this was funny, it was hilarious, it was great, it helped me, it helped me. But they were complaining about deciding where vacations they're going to take. And they were going back and forth about this vacation stuff. I thought, excuse me, these are rich people arguing. I said, you're rich people having an argument. Well, should we take the plane or the boat? What do you think? Well, I don't know. I want to take the limousine. I don't like the limousine. Let's take the boat. You know? Okay. Let's just be happy we're going anywhere. You have lost perspective. There are moments in life when you lose perspective and don't see the bigger picture. But here's what I want you to do. Take a step back and say to yourself, God's goal is to fix my life and to get me to a happy, abundant place. Well, I pray you were blessed by today's message. You know, Jesus really had a plan for you. Sometimes we don't have a plan for ourselves, but he really thinks about you, thought about you, and cares about your future. From the beginning of his life when he came, the Bible says he came to save you. Whenever you think of Christ and Christmas, think about that. Think about the Savior's goal to lift you to a new place. He had a great gift for you, not just a gift you give people, but a gift he'd give you, salvation. Be blessed and stay delivered. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's message from Pastor Ricky Temple. Watch more encouraging messages from Pastor Rick at www.rickytemple.tv. If you'd like a copy of this message, click on the bookstore tab at rickytemple.com where you can watch Pastor Rick live and get information about our ministry. Join us next time for another uplifting message.